Hi everyone, welcome to Humans of Van Life. My name is Nikki and I'll be your host. I originally started this podcast with the intention of showcasing the people inside the vans, not just the vans themselves. However, the podcast has now blossomed into a platform where like-minded people can utilize their voice and share their stories. Follow along to meet amazing people along the road. Hello again, welcome to Humans of Van Life. Nikki here, your host. A quick little update. We are currently in the McDonald's parking lot in West Yellowstone, just outside Yellowstone National Park, with my friend Scott here. Hello. Uh, My van is broken down and we are waiting for a tow truck. So we thought, what a beautiful opportunity (laughs) to start a podcast and... um, yeah, so I met Scott. Do you want to actually tell our story about how we uh, got connected here? Um, I guess I was following you on Instagram, probably from friends of friends, you know. I mean, the more you get into this lifestyle, the smaller the circle gets. Uh, and I saw you, like, basically a cry for help um, in Yellowstone. And I lived there part of the year, so I was, like, trying to help out. So you saw my post that said, hi, I'm broken down in Yellowstone, yeah, help anybody me. Anybody around? Okay, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I received a message from Scott, and then you came over to the van. I was behind the garage, broken down. <laughs> All set up with your top open, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's one of those weird things, and I'm just not familiar with those engines, but at least I can give you entertainment for a little while. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's just been an amazing experience because I had to stay an extra night in... Um, Yellowstone last night, obviously. You got free lodging. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I got free lodging in the back of the mechanic store. And Scott, so kindly, I was in my head a little bit because I was dealing with just feeling like my home um, kind of failed me. And Scott messaged me saying, hey, me and some friends are going to play uh, disc golf. Would you like to join? And part of me was like, oh, frick. I just want to like lie here and just like be in this victim story. But the other part of me was like, yeah, I'm here. I'm stuck. I can't go anywhere. Let's do this. So we went out and played disc golf. It was amazing. We were, like, playing disc at, like, through some, like, there's, like, geysers and... Yeah, there's uh, some thermal activity. It's a little bit extra fun compared to your normal disc golf course. Yeah, it was right. There's no bison on the uh, fairways, at least, this time, so... That's great. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, we just I got a shower with Scott's little dorm room, and we had a beautiful dinner. And, yeah, it's just been really nice getting to know Scott. And as we um, began connecting more, I came to learn that he has a very interesting story, which, again, is just that proof to me that, like, this is part of my mission, this is part of this podcast, is the complete knowing that everybody has a story. We are all unique, and we all have amazing things to share, whether we know it or not. So I just wanted to have Scott here with me, and I wanted to just explore a little bit about your journey with van life and work and all that. So do you maybe want to start us off by just telling us how you kind of got into van life or where you are right now? Uh, Well, I've always been the kind of person that basically lived out of their vehicle, whether it be a station wagon or just a bunch of stuff loaded up so nobody can use the passenger seat. But um, I had planned a road trip back in 2016 to go cross-country about 5,000 miles in my crappy little Subaru Forester. Um, it died 
it wasn't going to make it. <laughs> so I sort of decided that I was uh, not going to have car problems if I didn't have a car. And I decided to do the Appalachian Trail. And then a month before... So tell me, what is the Appalachian Trail? Uh, it is a footpath that goes from Maine to Georgia, or Georgia to Maine, depending on which direction you're walking. Uh, it takes ooh, a little over five months to get done, usually. You're walking... It's about 2,200 miles is official miles, but you walk a little bit extra, so it just takes a while. Wow. And you have to be really stubborn. (laughs) And then about a month before I went out and did that, uh, I found the van, and then I've kind of just been, like, periodically getting more and more into van life, and I don't mind work. I don't like jobs, but I work just enough so I don't have to work for four to five months at a time, so... It's usually bouncing in the van, living out of a national park, or living out of my backpack somewhere. But uh, whatever kind of comes up. <laughs> so epic. So before we dive into that, tell us what kind of van you have. It is a Ford Econoline, a 98. I believe it's a club wagon. Had all sorts of uh, fancy limousine lights in it and superintendo hookups that used to go up to the tv was top of the line back in 98 so yeah i got it for 1500 bucks and then just did some work on it wow you got it for 1500 yeah i think i got less than 4500 into it total i've put i've had it for over two years now but between the at and being overseas uh it sits for long periods of time but i've put about 30,000 on it so wow it was a pretty nice little garage find that I found. That's incredible. I'm not going to tell you how much I've put into mine, but you probably can guess considering you've been with me all day dealing, <laughs> and actually two days, dealing with my van being broken down. The uh, ups and downs of living in old vans. Yeah. Uh, mine's 21 years old and yours is older than mine. <laughs> yours is older than me. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, I mean, it's, you have to kind of take it in stride when your home breaks down because it's part of the game sometimes it can be a complete shit show other times it can be hey i met a bunch of cool people or i kind of took a minute to slow down and shut our brains off for like a little bit of a second and just (sighs) exhale Mm -hmm. you know i mean your brain works similar to mine which is pretty easy to tell already Mm -hmm. uh so a thousand miles an hour pretty much a hundred different directions most of the time Mm -hmm. Sometimes a forced stop can be good for you mentally. <laughs> wow. Wow. That I, that just hit me. <laughs> so, holy crow, dude. So, first of all, how did you know that my mind was so similar to yours? Um, like, tell me, like, I'm just, I've never heard somebody kind of, like, call me out like that, so I love this. And I just want to know. Because um, you try to do about a hundred things, really, like... It's a nibble here, a nibble here, because your brain's like, oh, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. So you don't forget it, like, because it gets pushed to the back of the list. Right. Um, and it's just, you see some of the same things. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've been, give or take, mobile for two and a half years now between living in the park and traveling and stuff. So, I mean, it's a pretty big mental game to not just, like, pull your hair out when things go wrong, because mm-hmm. it sucks. Mm-hmm. And in some situations, it sucks worse than other times, and... You have to just kind of take it in stride. You like, mm-hmm. and remember all the good stuff that's come along from the lifestyle. And mm-hmm. it's always a learning experience, as they would say, when stuff breaks at work. Oh, <laughs> it's totally. a learning experience. So <laughs> you, you try to come on on top of it. Do you find that this, the way our minds work, supports you or inhibits you in your daily experience? 
Uh, it depends on which time you ask. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would say sometimes it's, it can be really good because you're not forgetting things because you've quadruple million time check something a thousand times in your head um but other times our brains are working a thousand miles an hour in the wrong direction and you're like i don't know where i put my car keys mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. it depends on which minute you ask well I like, I like what you said earlier too you were like you said something along the lines of you sometimes we procrastinate things for about four months yep. but then it takes us one week or two weeks to do everything we need to do within those four months you get on that motivation ride and your brain's like ultra focused uh and then you just like get everything done get all of it done everything i can remember until until it runs out yeah exactly (laughs) and you're like oh it could come back tomorrow it could come back next month you never know (laughs) and i i feel like it's worth mentioning i i sometimes get hesitant with labels but for people who may not be following along um, Scott and I have both been diagnosed, I guess you would say, with um, ADHD, or do you have ADD? Or? ADHD, yeah. ADHD, okay. Well, yeah. I, I took Ritalin from first grade to 11th. Okay, yeah. And all sorts of other stuff. And yeah. Then... Well, yeah, so I I'm struggle with labels because um, of a lot of reasons, which we can go into a different time, but you and I have been diagnosed with this same diagnosis, and basically it's just been really cool to see how you own that. Like, you totally, like, you called me out, you own it, you know the language. Like, I love that because I feel as if, again, it switches us from being, like, somebody who just received a diagnosis to learning how to cope with just the way our body and our brain works. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I've always kind of described ADHD to people. They're like, oh, what's it like, you know? And I'm like, well, anything you see, you know, could be someone dropping a plate, could be a color of somebody's shirt. Your brain goes in a million different directions and a thousand different colors and 14 different flavors. It's it's all over the place. Mm. It's when you can lock it into that nervous, jittery focus, mm. which is like the golden zone for ADHD, <laughs> that you can get all those, you know, all the stuff you want to get done and you just get more of a, a clarity, but you kind of have mm. to like throttle it back sometimes in your head and just be like, all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, this is wild. So all of a sudden this question's coming up to me. Do you feel as if this diagnosis has actually helped you in your lifestyle? Because what I've learned from you, and you can share more here, is you're using the term mobile. You don't like to be in one place for one at one like for a long time. Um, so like growing up you have all these interests and in different things and as you change a little bit or and your mindset changes, whether it's depression or ADHD or just things going on in life you kind of things fall by the wayside travel has always been well I wouldn't say travel like I wasn't moving around much when I was younger but change of scenery change of people I've always said I enjoy the company of strangers because to a stranger you are this abstract shape uh, if you are from family friends it doesn't matter I mean it's not intentional or being mean or anything like that but in someone's mind especially after they've known you for many years you are one you know, you're this. You're Scott this with this and this and this. Mm-hmm. To a stranger, I mean, ever-expanding. It's not a shape. It's You're just... That's why I've always just, like, wow. don't mind talking to strangers. And most people in this lifestyle are pretty chill folks to get along with. So, I mean, I don't remember the original question anymore. 
<laughs> awesome. I was just asking it on screen. I love that. Like, I love looking at people as art, really, an abstract art piece. But what I was saying is, I just find it so interesting that you strive towards a mobile life. Oh, like yes. Like, you either hike, or you're in your van, or you're overseas in New Zealand or Australia. I just feel like a lot of people get comfortable. Like, I love going back home to my hometown in Massachusetts, Chilton. It's mostly trees. But it's still a beautiful place to live. But just in general, some people get stagnant. And whether it's family life or, you know, that person's particularly happy that way. I don't sit still very well because of back issues. And I don't sit still very well because of ADHD. So I might as well get moving and see some cool shit. Wow. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. I stay interested long enough at jobs to stay focused to save so that I don't have to work for another. I call it purposeful unemployment, where I work for a while and then I don't, (laughs) for as long as the money lasts. There's always someone hiring for, I don't say crap jobs, but you know, less desirable jobs. Mm. 3 a.m., manual hard labor. There's always someone hiring for a couple of bucks that gets you done, and if you can get it with tax refund time, it works pretty good. Nice, yeah. (laughs) So when did you like kind of dive, or when did you come to this realization that this is what you want your life to be. Like, were you were you always like this? Um, so before I had planned that other road trip in 16, I went out west for the first time to visit a friend, and we did about 3,000 miles through Arizona, Nevada, and California, and got to see all sorts of stuff. All those postcard ferry card places, you know, uh, Horseshoe Bend, the Grand Canyon, mm. All the stuff that until you actually get out there, I mean, it might as well be Never Neverland. It really doesn't matter until you actually get out and see the stuff. So mm-hmm. I got back with uh, $2 in my account after I bought that Subaru that ended up breaking down less than a year later. Um, and then from September of 16 to April of 17, I put 10 grand away, working about three jobs, give or take, 18-hour days, <laughs> sleeping in a lot of Walmart parking lots even before I was living in a van. And then just quit everything decided to go be me when i said a one of the nice things i like about prolonged travel as opposed to like stopping to a place for a day or a vacation or just not being employed for a long period of time after that second to third week it's not like oh i have to go back to this and all my life and this is all the things going on like this this is what you are now Mm. it's not oh scott the loader scott the processor you know this it was scott doing what i wanted to do <clears throat> hiking mm-hmm. if i didn't want to do stuff i didn't do nothing if i wanted to go do something the, one of the joys about solo traveling although it can get lonely is there's nothing to run it by we went skydiving and oh, not skydiving bungee jumping in new zealand with about three hours notice because i had a friend in the area and i was instead of hitching out we signed up at noon and went at three wow. and it was the largest bungee jump in New Zealand. Wow. So, I mean, you open yourself up for breakdowns, uh, but also you open yourself up for all the crazy shit. That's like, Oh, I couldn't even plan this. Wow. It just, it keeps life a bit more interesting. And when your brain's a million miles an hour in different mm-hmm. places, mm-hmm. you need to have that interest. Mm-hmm. And though travel is the one thing, it always changes. There's always something different, yeah. different people, different scenery, different experiences. Uh, I feel like that old saying of people that just kind of stay in one place, look at one little corner of a page without like really challenging yourself physically, mm-hmm. mentally, mm-hmm. like to the point where you're like, ah! 
ah, and you're screaming out in the tree in a field. Sometimes mm. it's therapeutic. Absolutely. <laughs> That's why I like to be outside more than inside. It just wow. feels right. <laughs> so I love what you say here about like Scott as Scott. Because that's something that I've been working with, and people that have been following my journey, they know that. Just this, working with this idea of identity. Because for so long I've been Nikki the student nurse, or Nikki the nurse. But it's like, that's just like a automatic response and kind of a comfort label. Yeah. Oh, I'm successful. When it's like, that's not who I am. That's not how I want to show up. Well, it just sets, like, I think it sets, I don't want to say walls, parameters, you know. It's just, we all have outside pressures, jobs, families, even if you don't have, like, a wife and kids and all that stuff like that. Everybody still has responsibilities or outside pressures that form and manipulate how your life are going to go. Uh, when you come out here, you control what you can, and you learn to give up on the other stuff that you can't. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because if not, it's just stomach acid and (laughs) headaches. So, like, there were times when I had my job, and I had a decent job, uh, but it just sort of stressed me out, and my stress tends to settle right in my neck. Like, Mm. there are days you wake up and you can't turn left, and it's just because everything's being held right there. I don't have very many of those days nowadays because I try to, like, I have a job now, but I live and work in a beautiful place, even though the some of the tourists drive me crazy, but um, I live a pretty lower stress life nowadays, and it just it's more cleansing. Mm-hmm. I mean, your body can manifest stress in all sorts of different ways, and none of them are really healthy. So it's better just to like learn to let go on those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this idea, this word surrender. Like if I've learned one thing from this whole experience of me breaking down, it's been to really embody that word surrender because surrender the truth, or go insane surrender or go <laughs> insane yeah and the truth is is there is nothing that i can do right now and i was also thinking earlier i would never have met you if i hadn't broken down you're my lifelong friend now <laughs> like i'm never going to forget this or you and i know that our paths are going to cross yeah we'll have to find a real adventure instead of just like a <laughs> unfortunate adventure <laughs> Absolutely. And just a quick update, you guys. Uh, After so many phone calls to towing companies all around. Two phones. Like, countless phone calls to friends, towing companies in Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. Nobody can come pick me up. No towing can come pick me up. So basically, we just decided to try the van again. She started. We gave her a bit of gas. We let the gas idle off. Went for a little ride. She did fine. If we idle, she dies. But hopefully we want to just get on the road and we're just going to wing it. And Scott's going to follow behind me for a bit. And we're just going to go. Hopefully uh, you can get down to the uh, guru of the Volkswagen that you were talking to earlier. Exactly. Carl, (laughs) coming to you, boy. Carl. My question I have for you is, you were working the same job for 15 years straight. Uh, same field in liquid bulk, yeah, two different jobs basically, and then odd jobs on the side, but basically same field for almost 15 years. And then you took a break, or it's a finite break, and you're basically a nomad now, is that correct? Uh, basically. Uh, my mom calls me her hobo son. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically work for a while for to fund a big adventure or a bunch of little ones, and then don't work for as long as the money lasts beauty 
And what was the most challenging about making that transformation? You just kind of have to... So I've always been someone that... I haven't really been a things person, but a lot of people have a hard time saving money because they spend money on a lot of little things. Mm-hmm. And no one thinks about spending $10 10 times. You know? People think about spending 100 bucks. So if you start controlling your impulse buys, do you really need stuff? And then when you live in a van, it's very convenient because you only have so many faces, so much space. So... <clears throat> Buying useless stuff becomes real evident really quick when you just get clutter and clutter. So uh, just focus on what you want overall as opposed to what you want, just like an instinct feeling. Mm -hmm. Did you have much like flack from your friends and family about making this transformation? Um, No, not really. I, uh, before I did the Appalachian Trail, I told my parents I was going to go do the trail, attempt it, you know, like one long six-month hike, and they just kind of went, yep. <laughs> okay. Because they knew I was unhappy in the job. I mean, mm-hmm. I I was basically depressed for most of my 20s and kind of mm-hmm. clawed my way out of it. So, like, mm-hmm. at least I, even if I fell flat on my fucking face, it was doing something I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know. I couldn't. That gut feeling, that old saying, oh, when you wake up 20 years from now, what do you, you know, did you ever try it? Could I have done it? You never know, because it's too fucking late now. But now it's like, it's better to fail, and then kind of go from there. And there's certain outdoor activities I like to do that I won't be able to do when I'm older. Uh, A, because I don't like going to the gym that much, and B, I just kind of have a crappy back, so it's just like, there's only so much time where I can still play young as I guess I could say wow that's beautiful so you're like you're dedicated to living your best life right now as you can to just push myself a little bit I mean mm-hmm. the trail I didn't know if I was going to do it I figured even if I only made it from walking from Maine to Massachusetts that's 700 miles right there mm-hmm. and then at a certain point you're just like unless I break a leg why would I stop wow <laughs> I love that but that perseverance is so admirable. I always tell people, I mean, there's super skilled people and people that work really hard. Like, if you're just really stubborn, you can usually get what you're working towards. You just have to be stubborn and not give up on shit. So I'm just like, every day for six months, you walked along a trail. Just shy of it, yeah. You woke up and you were like... <clears throat> well, you take you zero s- days. What does that mean? A zero day is when a hiker or a long-distance trail like walker... Um, they just don't hike that day. You take an extra day to get into town and resupply. Mm. I mean, you say you're not walking that day, but you're probably walking around town to do the laundry mat, shower, a hostel, or mm. a grocery store, or doing your grocery shopping at a dollar store, which happens quite a bit on the trail. But. Wow. That's <laughs> so epic. Like, each morning you strapped on your boots and you took off. Very slowly with my walking poles in front of me. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Straighten out as the day goes. So, you had mentioned a little bit earlier to me about a book that you want to write. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, so, it's sort of, I just started really actually putting, like, an effort into putting writing into it. I actually had a blog for a little while, but I found it, my mind was trying to bring out material as opposed to just enjoying, like, stuff and then writing in my diary like I would normally. So, I kind of phased away from doing the blog, but, uh... I feel like the book will kind of be a 
combination of a whole bunch of different stories. There'll probably be a couple of chapters on the AT because that was a pretty big turning point. And some of my travels throughout, just kind of little, you know, anecdotal stories, stories that make you laugh, go make you go, mm-hmm. he's insane, or like, hey, that's kind of me too. Or wow. <clears throat> it would be called Bent on Adventure, Life Unsettled. And I've got about a page or two done. But, I mean, it kind of comes out all in a big slop, and then you try to make it into paragraphs. So. Wow. Can you say the title again? You slurred it a little bit there. Oh, sorry. It'd be Bent on Adventure, Life Unsettled. I love that. Because why stay still? Why stay <laughs> still? I love that. A life of being unsettled, basically. Yeah, I mean, if you can do it, get to it before I did. <laughs> wow, that's so rad. I'm almost tempted. Would you be willing to share that text message that you showed me last night here for everybody? Um, If you want to read it, I'll share it with you. Would you like me to read it then? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to say it all out Sure, I would love to read it. I thought it was so beautiful and um, really special. So I have this in the title. I mean, the title in this, basically, so far. I have some other pages of scribble stuff that I'm kind of like form into actual like English (laughs) okay awesome well here I go I will read Scott's words here at the beginning of his book drum roll please (laughs) my biggest fear is living a boring life I know that sounds so for what is this word though sophomoric sophomoric yeah so adolescent oh I know that sounds sophomoric oh I love that word okay we need to restart this okay my biggest fear is living a boring life I know that sounds sophomoric, but it's true to my core. Blame it on the ADHD or being born into a generation halfway outside and then in front of a screen. I need an ever-changing scenery, a new place to explore, new people to meet, living life one adventure at a time. Unfortunately, I didn't make this connection till after 30. For those who don't find their calling or path at a young age, life can be an overwhelming river. You've struggled just to keep your head up and survive. Your spirit, your passion for life, and the things you do is the very building blocks of happiness. To have a life worth living. I can't sit down. No, really. It literally causes me pain to stay put. Born of scoliosis, the the noun bent is meant to define my drive to push myself. But also, that life will forever be a little crooked. That's the first time I actually heard somebody else read it out to me. (laughs) How did that sound to you to hear that? Pretty good. I mean... It's weird. I've read it a thousand times before I actually made it into like that form of like an actual conscious thought. Because mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. I personally love this. Like this fires me up. This makes me feel eager. This makes me feel like, you know what? Screw waiting for the tow truck. Let's just fucking give her the juice and take off in this van. Like this is what I love. And right now sitting here with you, this is what I love. I wouldn't be doing this if... I was at work. You would be doing this if you were at work. Your engine was working. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Even my engine was working. And this is the whole, like, yeah, it's going to be a little crooked. It's going to be a little bent. But somehow or another, it's all going to flow and it's all meant to be if you just surrender. You just got to enjoy the parts you can. And also, I want to share with you guys that Scott actually inspired me. I wrote in my journal last night after I met him. Um, he really inspired me to start my writing up again. And I want to download the app that you were talking about called My Diary App. Yeah, it's really nice. It logs it by, like, like I've got it going back a few years now, but I can look into it by just going by back by the month, and it has, like, broken down. And <clears throat> it backs up. You can set it to back up regularly or just do it manually, and you can stick it with multiple devices. I also have it on my Chromebook, so if I get into the 
writing mood at when I actually like keyboard but it doesn't flow out of me well with the keyboard that's part of the reason why I didn't do the vlog for very long nice yeah <laughs> paper and pen even though it looks like just chicken scratch or kid on like sugar high writing but it comes out better on a piece of paper for me yeah no totally that's that's actually a similar um belief for a lot of people which is awesome whatever works for you but yeah I just like really wanted to share that with you that you inspired me to start to share more whether it's with myself or others so thank you for that and I'm really looking forward to hearing your book Side note, I haven't written even in my diary for a month. <laughs> Although yeah. this weekend will be pretty good. This makes an interesting story, at least. This, what do you, oh, the van, you. me. <laughs> the weekend, yeah, I haven't had a chance to sit down, basically, since I got back, so. Titled, uh, I've been helping Nikki for 48 hours now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, life sucks. Um, and so you're, you had just recently went to the Van Life Diaries meetup in the Grand Tetons this Yep, past I went to uh, Lynn Canyon Ranch. Okay, and that was your first meetup ever, is that correct? Yeah, it was my first van meetup. I mean, I've met many travelers along the way, but it's usually at hostels, mm. chatting in an airport when you get a nine-hour layover or something like that. But this was cool to have, like, all the vagabonds in one spot. So what was that like for you? Like, did you feel at home, or did it feel scary? Like, what was your experience? Um, It felt great. I mean, it was put together very well. I got there early to help kind of set up and... Plus, you get the better spots if you show up and volunteer. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I had been talking to Amanda online back and forth. And I'm horrible with faces when I meet people in line. Mm-hmm. But also, I live in Yellowstone, so sometimes there's no pictures that load. So you're just talking to somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it was really fun. I actually went down. So Friday that the van meeting started was actually my birthday. I turned 34. And that was the day I drove down there and then spent my weekend down there. Third year in a row, I'm celebrating my birthday with a bunch of strangers or previous strangers. So cool. <laughs> Just because I've been moving around quite a bit. Yeah, that's awesome. That's wicked. And you felt like, did it feel like awesome to be around like-minded people or? Uh, I got super van jealousy because uh, uh, there's like some nice sprinters. And then I think uh, we have the Russos were my neighbors and they were test driving a prototype. It's not even on the market yet. They were living out of it for a month as a test drive. That was their job. This thing was fancy. It had, like, heated floors. It was ridiculous. I was super jealous. Wait, was it a sprinter? Yeah, it was, like, sort of on a sprinter for a storyteller overlander. And it was, like, this... It was a pretty nice setup. That's And a so cool dog named Charlie. <laughs> heated floors. Yeah, it was, like... Then it had a whole bunch of power. Like, he went into all this stuff. But basically, they said, like, you could run your house off the van, like in the daytime when your house isn't using that much energy and then recharge your battery at night from the house so like it would go back like there's a lot of power in this thing but i mean like the vans that you could stand up in were really nice uh beers was there with his what they call it lunchbox uh his bronco or whatever that's all loaded up and all like stacked up it's insane oh awesome um big old school bus got there i think the second day it was cool seeing all the different really rigs. Um, in Yellowstone, one of the things I like is you see all different travelers. You see people in old vans that tend to break down sometimes. <laughs> um, people in vans like mine. And then you see, like, Europeans that come over. They got some mad dollars. And they have, like, Unimogs and Mans. And these things are, like, could drive over my van like it was a speed bump. Mm. You get to see both sides of it. It's really cool mm-hmm. to see all the rigs in one location. And, it, you know, I've been following oh, a dozen other people. Just, you know, 
getting, oh, that's a cool picture. I'm like, boom, follow, you know. You know how van life is. It's kind of an addiction. You get into it. And it's just like, I need my fix. Where's some pretty pictures? And there's some puppies and some van pictures and some mountains. <laughs> <laughs> so you end up following people and then to actually get to meet them. And, you know, people are in all different levels. Some people are full-timers. Some people were out for a weekend in the Tacoma or just taking a weekend off. I was really actually quite sad because everyone was talking about the next meetup and I'm like oh I'm employed I can't go <laughs> so I mean it's cool meeting all the different kind of people there I mean one of the guys I met that was actually from Massachusetts used to have a six-figure job and now he looks like the rest of us just kind of chilling and being relaxed and now he's, he's just he got sick of it so he's living out of the t- Tacoma with his girl so wow and a dog. that is so epic it's cool to meet all the different people because one of the cool things on trail was that everyone was that was there basically got it. You can define it as whatever you want, but they're all out there chasing a dream, whether it was for a long section, whether it was practical, whether it was just for PTSD reason, which you're going to do a couple of Marines that were doing on trail. Everyone out there, you get you click easier in those groups because there's no better way to really say it. Less bullshit. <laughs> there's not jobs bullshit and everything else on you. I was hiking with a guy that was a two-star general for a little while, and I had a friend on there. Was She was an astrophysicist or something like that, like crazy, insane, smart. All They're all just stinky hikers when they were with me. I mean, it's the same thing out here with the vans. You know, people used to be doing this, people used to be doing that, um, and now they just travel and try to enjoy what they can and go from there. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Well said. <coughs> well said. I love that, and that's like... Oh my God, that I've just solidified right now, that human experience of seeing people as a raw, authentic selves is what I strive for every day. That's what I love. That fires me up. Meeting somebody, no matter what they are, like just at their most natural place, basically. Like just connecting on a human level. Yeah. I, I wrote a poem a while back. I wish I could try to find it. It's called Humans Meeting Humans. Now I can't remember half of it, so I'm going to leave it out. I'll see if I can fi- trace it down for you. Do you have it written down somewhere? <clears throat> somewhere on a piece of paper shoved in a notebook. Oh, <laughs> wow. So but what it's basically, was- that's the context of it. It was called People Meeting People. Like, you're meeting the person, not the mm-hmm. not the title, not the pressures, not the outside form. That The person, the actual person, you know. If we were all free to be what we were actually to be like wanted to be like without the financial burning because i mean i wouldn't say filthy rich can sometimes money can turn people into not so nice people personality multiplier i guess you could call it but just if we had the freedom to travel and do what we wanted we would all just a be healthier because just being happier point blank and you get you just connect it easier it's mm-hmm. it's not trying to explain yeah you live in a van that's kind of weird now it's like oh what what kind of van do you got you know mm-hmm. i heard this thing a while back and it was like you know the old chris farley living in a van down by the river and like people nowadays be like what kind of van are we talking about so i mean mm-hmm. you don't have to explain things to people out here they they've all had to hold it for the longer than they wanted <laughs> bump their head a thousand times on shit lost something two inches away from them and ripped the whole van apart i mean they all get it. <laughs> exactly. And this like, this right now, like us, 
interacting in this experience is exactly a perfect example of you get it. Like, you have been by my side the moment I broke down. That is... And I'll never forget that. Like, that is really, really beautiful, actually. It touches my heart because I don't know if other people who don't really get this would do this. I've all been... We've all been stuck in one point. If not, it'll come back around you at some point. Mm-hmm. The, the cool thing about the social media is, like... I would never have known you, and you would have been stuck in, I like to refer to Yellowstone as a black hole. It is mm-hmm. a beautiful place, but as far as contact with the outside world or yes. getting anything done, it's it's it doesn't just stop you. It, like, counteracts everything. But <laughs> And then whoever we might be going to to fix this thing, it's all connections. It's really great, and that's part of what, like, the whole van life thing was about, the, the gathering, is we're all out here to a certain extent to be by ourselves and be away from people but it's not so much people in general it's a certain percentage we are a very a growing percentage but to the norm other people's norm not our normal our normal's cooler Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this lifestyle still has a little bit of a counteract to it just because there's crossover with some undesirable people and certain things but in any group of people it doesn't matter if it's children's little league or a giant gathering of a if you put enough people in one spot there are some bad apples Mm -hmm. but you can't let that ruin you Mm -hmm. you have to just go with it and Mm -hmm. on trail you get a lot of mental pick-me-ups from people that are trail angels that will feed you like just feed hikers Hmm. which is awesome always do that if you can (laughs) before i when i had my van you can grab someone you know bring them down to a mcdonald's bring them to a grocery store and put them back on trail and save them like several miles of walking they don't even count towards their 2200 mile walk wow so like sometimes it's a meal it's a spirit sometimes it's you just be sitting in a parking lot by yourself i mean we've all had crappy times sitting in our van like feeling completely shit and be like it's usually rainy because it's never like a gloomy a sunny day when you're always like man your van it's like Mm -hmm. snowing or sleeting and you're like i'm stuck here Uh so i mean you have to kind of like i don't know balance shit out Uh plus it gives me something to do on my day off there you go yeah yeah to go full circle yeah and just the idea of just humans cut the bullshit humans meeting humans love it beautiful Now i got to see if I can dig that thing But out. Yeah, send me that poem. I love it. <laughs> well, um, do you have any questions for me? How has this event steered you in your van life? Like towards the negative, towards the negative, mm-hmm. coming back towards the middle? This experience of breaking down? This, yeah, this whole... I mean, it's not over yet. Mm-hmm. And we're about to go on a slightly exploratory trip to maybe make it to Jackson. But <laughs> mm-hmm. how are you feeling right now? Hmm. Thank you for asking. Yeah, um, that is a great question. I feel like because I'm in it, it's going to take me a little bit to download everything that's happening. But if I take my mind out of the question and just answer what you asked me of how do I feel right now, I would say I feel content. I feel safe. So what that feels like is light in my body, um, warm, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for us to take this journey. Like, I'm ready. Make it into one of those laugh at later situations. Absolutely. (laughs) So folks, uh, stay tuned because, uh, we might be driving to a place where we're going to that has no service 
And if we break down there, I will be there for however many days I need to be. And you have to return to work tomorrow. Yeah, but not till noon, so we'll figure that out. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sitting here and exploring with me. And, um, well, I mean, thank you for everything. But I'm really glad I got to have you on this podcast. And Yeah, yeah I got to... Uh... Listen to some of your old stuff, maybe while we're driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to need some content while you're driving, for sure. Yeah. All right, until next time, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Humans of Van Life. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and come back for more. Stay tuned.
hope you enjoyed this episode and come back for more. Stay tuned.